Choose wellness with Jive, pure simple CBD that works. Jive and I have partnered up to bring you the best that nature has to offer. Add Jive CBD to your personal wellness routine for a plethora of physical, spiritual, and mental health benefits. Jive Wellness CBD gummies are made in Portland, Oregon from the best ingredients available. They also have tinctures and capsules to meet all of your specific needs and wellness goals your way, however you like. No compromises, no outsourcing, just patience and care. The result is high quality CBD products that work. All right, everyone. So I'm doing a giveaway with Jive Wellness CBD. If you would like to enter this giveaway, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Lauren M. Coletti. Be sure to follow my account and Jive Wellness, like our photos, and tag a friend who would be interested or benefit from trying CBD. You can also check out their products on their website at www.jivewellness.com and use coupon code Coletti for a 10% discount on your purchase. I will pick eight winners total at the end of June. So reach out to me on Instagram if you're interested in claiming this offer or go to jivewellness.com to check out their amazing CBD products. Hey everyone, welcome to I'm Not a Victim. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everyone. It's been a little while since I've recorded (laughs) and took the time to sit down and create a podcast. I just got home from the emergency department. I was in the ER like all day. I have something called esophagitis and mine is the pill-induced kind and it is the worst thing ever. Um, I can't eat. I can't drink. It feels like there's glass in my throat. It feels like someone's stabbing me in the chest. It's just all around horrible. And I'm kind of freaking out because I'm going on my trip next weekend. And I'm trying to not stress, but I'm worried that it's not going to be better in time. So something that I've been trying to encompass today and yesterday is the attitude of surrender and trust just releasing my attachment and letting go of any desperation or clinging and surrendering control and just believing and having faith that things work out for me and the universe has my back. So that is what we're working on today. And I noticed today when I was at the hospital, I was getting kind of like restless and impatient. So I tried to meditate and I'm trying to heal my body naturally with um, like divine intention and energy movement and just visualizing light. But if you all could send, you know, your yoga class, your intention, your meditation, your prayers to me to help me heal um, and have a little bit of a speedy recovery because I am trying to be patient, but at the same time, it hurts so bad. I miss eating food. I really do. And it's, it's really funny because I was trying to manifest losing weight for my trip, right? And the goal weight that I wanted to be was 150. And then I got off of keto and this week I was supposed to start a juice cleanse. And then I got this ulcer in my esophagus and I haven't been able to eat. And I'm just like, wow, 
sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for because now that my body is literally starving of food, um, I might actually reach my goal weight, but not in the way that I had wanted or intended. So it's interesting how the world works. (laughs) But anywho, today I wanted to talk about my experience with body dysmorphia. Um, I have noticed my BDD, in short, has been at an all-time high lately. I've been going to great measures and pretty extreme lengths to try to quote-unquote correct and fix my appearance. I've noticed in the last several weeks, um, not just for my trip, but just for like a variety of things, which I won't get into, I've been trying to make myself, like mold myself into some perfect person, which is not attainable or realistic. And I know that what I ultimately need to work on more than anything and should be putting my time, energy, and attention into is just accepting myself as I am. But I've been going to, like, RNs and NPs and these beauty centers and medical centers and spending so much money. And it's getting kind of ridiculous. And I think that it's my body dysmorphia, like, creeping its ugly head. And it hasn't reared its head in, you know, I've always had it, but the symptoms have been kind of silent for a while. So it's just interesting to observe and notice. So body dysmorphic disorder is a mental health condition. Um, If you have body dysmorphia, it's probable that you suffer from another mental health disorder like an eating disorder, even like just disordered eating. It doesn't necessarily have to be anorexia, bulimia, or binge eating. Um, It's essentially, you're just so upset about the appearance of your body that it gets in the way of your ability to live normally. And many of us, I think all of us have what we would consider to be flaws in our appearance, things that we're insecure about. But if you have body dysmorphia, your reaction to this imperfection might be overwhelming and all-encompassing and you might find that you have negative thoughts about your body that are hard to control you might even spend hours a day worrying about how you look and your thinking can become so negative and persistent that you might even um, be suicidal or self-harm or have depression and you might go to these measures to fix yourself, um, like plastic surgery, cosmetics, whatever, because you feel like, I don't know, for me, it was more so in social situations, I'd be so uncomfortable and awkward because I felt like everyone was seeing my flaws on my face, which really, we don't see ourselves the way other people see us. We're so focused on ourselves, more so we are trying to micromanage things and we're hyper focused on what we look like because we see ourselves all day every day so what causes this disorder um well i feel like it is a bunch of things right bullying and teasing really had a large impact on what i felt created my body dysmorphia it's also the way that you were raised if your parents shamed you if you had perfectionist parents, narcissistic parents, if you had a childhood that fostered feelings of inadequacy or fear of ridicule, 
that could for sure contribute um, for you to be at risk. And this usually starts in our adolescence or teenage years or young adult years. And I think that the diagnosis estimate is an average of 1%, so that's one out of every 100 people. And men and women are equally affected. But if you have a family history um, or a similar mental health disorder running in your genetics, if you are more neurologically predispositioned to develop psychiatric issues, it's also based on your personality type and your life experience. So let's say you were in an abusive relationship, this is kind of what's going on for me right now. If you're in an unhealthy or dysfunctional relationship where you're partner is super critical of what you look like or on the other hand if they're super critical of what they look like then that could influence because I know for me my boyfriend has orthorexia which isn't an official DSM diagnosis but it's essentially another branch of eating disorders where the person is obsessed with healthy eating So it's been really hard for me as a recovering bulimic to date someone that has body dysmorphia and orthorexia because it's very triggering and kind of keeps it at the forefront of my mind when someone I'm spending so much time with is constantly talking about critiquing or obsessed with their appearance or losing weight or what have you. It kind of you know, people rub off on you. You're like the people that you spend the, the top five people you spend the most time with is kind of who we become. So if you're dealing with body dysmorphia, you can become obsessed with any part of your body. It doesn't necessarily just have to be your weight, but it's often like our, our hair, our skin, our body, our face. And some symptoms that you might be experiencing if you're wondering if you have this is constantly checking yourself in the mirror. I know for me, Nick is always looking in the mirror and doing this thing he calls inspecting with my face, which is looking at my face for flaws and imperfections. So that could for sure be a trigger that you might be dealing with body dysmorphia. Avoiding mirrors on the other end, though, is also true. So for me, I avoid mirrors. I don't like looking in mirrors. I feel like it kind of just ruins my day, puts a damper on my mood, because I'm reminded of how ugly I am, and I know that this is all my own stuff, but it's either you're always looking in mirrors, you're never looking in mirrors, going out of your way to not have to look at yourself. Another is trying to hide your body part under like clothing or something you're trying to conceal yourself you can also be obsessed with grooming uh, constantly exercising constantly comparing yourself with others I know I struggle with this a lot always asking other people whether you look okay I have this when I go to work to be honest I'm always looking in mirrors um <laughs> because I'm so fearful that I'm gonna have something in my hair or on my face or on my ass that's gonna it's kind of this like fear of humiliation, fear of shame, fear of embarrassment based off of your physical appearance. And then when other people 
compliment us, we don't believe them, or we dismiss it. And this could lead us to avoid social activities. I know when I was at the, like, epitome of my social anxiety, I would skip work to exercise. I would not go out because I was so angry at myself for what I looked like. And I just felt so completely disgusting and lovable that I didn't want anyone to see me. I wanted to wear a bag over my face. So this could lead to kind of agoraphobic characteristics, not wanting to leave the house, not wanting to leave our bedroom, not going anywhere, not socializing, isolating. And then we can see doctors, healthcare providers, specialists about our appearance. We could have unnecessary plastic surgeries or cosmetic procedures done. I know a couple of years ago, I think I want to say 2018, I got laser liposuction and I just went through a period where I was spending so much money on trying to better my looks. That's kind of what I'm going through now. The amount of money I've spent and the Botox that I've gotten is very uncharacteristic of me. It's not something I've ever really done before, but I go through these phases where I either care so much about my appearance that it is kind of like becomes a compulsion or on the other end, I just give up and let myself go because I feel like I'm never going to be beautiful. So what's the point? We could also engage in skin picking, trichotillomania. We can pick at our um, eyelashes, our face with our fingers or tweezers. And then once again, feeling very anxious, depressed, ashamed, and even considering suicide. So in order to work with this and deal with this, recover from this, we have to see a, um, I guess we don't have to see, I take that back. It is highly suggested that you see a mental health professional, whether that be a therapist or a psychiatrist to be diagnosed with body dysmorphia. Um, but we have to be abnormally concerned about a non-existent or a small body flaw. We don't see ourselves the way that we actually are. Like people with anorexia nervosa, they will look in the mirror and see someone that is overweight to obese when really they're actually underweight or normally. And our thoughts about our body flaws, quote unquote flaws in air quotes, must be severe enough that they're interfering with our overall health and well-being. It's impacting our ability to live normally and live satisfactory lives. And then other mental health disorders must be ruled out um, as a cause of our symptoms. So there's, like I said, comorbid disorders with body dysmorphia, and this could be social anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and obsessive compulsive disorder. So to heal from this, to treat this, we have to find out the extent of the problem Um, what is the root of where this came from, our age, our overall health, medical history, um, expectations for the course of treatment, what kind of treatment you want to consider. Therapy is usually a really great starting point and what we are looking for. There's more holistic, natural ways to go about this. You can work with a eating disorder coach. I suggest a nutritionist or a registered dietitian in combination with cognitive behavioral therapy or general talk therapy, but CBT is pretty effective because we'll work with a therapist or psychologist to replace those negative thoughts and thought patterns with more helpful, more 
uh, positive and more body neutral thoughts. And I think some uh, doctors even work with antidepressant medications like SSRIs to work in combination with this. So the best way to prevent body dysmorphic disorder is to catch it early, just like any other health concern or condition. And sometimes even body dysmorphia, even though a lot of younger people tend to notice it, it can often get worse with age. Like when we start to get older, particularly as women, we start to wrinkle, we start to have gray hair, we start to gain weight. Of course, men do too. They go balls, they get beer bellies or whatever, but then we can feel like we're losing our sexiness and a lot of times we're conditioned to believe that our value is based off of our appearance. We have to say young and fuckable forever is what our culture tells us here, especially in America. At least I'll just speak for where I live. So it's like if I don't have people paying attention to me, if I don't have that external validation, if I'm not gorgeous, then what's my worth? There is none. And that's why I could get worse with age. Of course, that's not true, but that's what we're programmed to believe. So the plastic surgeries, the Botox, whatever, it rarely helps. Maybe it will temporarily help, but it's sort of similar to substances where we start with a little and then we need to, our tolerance gets heightened and we need more and more to feel good. So if you have a child or a teenager or, you know, someone in your life who seems overly worried about their appearance and needs constant reassurance, I would talk with them, talk with a trusted um, loved one, a professional, a mental health practitioner to get support. Even support groups are super, super helpful. So um, that's kind of like a long-term commitment. I realized living with this disorder for so long, but the more that you understand yourself and you work on your mindset and you gain that insight and self-awareness you can notice when it is creeping up and trying to get the best of you because it is a liar so to wrap up here some key points about bdd is that it it's essentially our insecurities with ourselves to the extreme that We aren't able to live productive lives, proactive lives. And we take extreme measures to correct our perceived flaws. Um, The way that we could treat it is typically with a combination of counseling and medications to help with the feelings of discomfort and anxiety. Even exposure therapy is super helpful for anxiety disorders to expose ourselves to, okay, so today, instead of wearing makeup, which I do every day. Today, I'm going to wear less makeup, 25% less makeup. And then my goal in six months is to perhaps go out of the house wearing no makeup. And this fear of being judged, it creates that avoidance of going into public and social situations. So then we tend to isolate and we make the problem of our depression and anxiety worse. And this is pretty serious. I know that it sounds like a first world problem, which perhaps it is, but left untreated, it can lead to severe depression and suicidal thoughts. So it really should not be ignored. So get in with a therapist, a counselor, a doctor, um, write down any questions you want to be answered. Or if this is for someone that you love and care about, you know, ask questions 
and just seek information, seek body positivity quotes or people on social media that look like you to follow to feel like you're not alone because you really aren't. And if you can't go for body positive right away, then maybe you can go towards body neutrality and just like what I'm working on, learning to accept what I look like because to be honest, I'm never going to look like Megan Fox. Okay, I look like Lauren Coletti because I am Lauren Coletti. And just because someone is hot doesn't make them better than you. And I know as a female, it's been hammered into my head that more skinniness, more like sexiness, bigger boobs, bigger ass, like long hair, like the certain look, the Bratz doll Kardashian look is glorified. And we tend to put people up on a pedestal who are super attractive because guess what? Unfortunately, in our world, being attractive, it makes you famous. It makes you have more friends. Like there is something called pretty, geez, pretty privilege. And um, that is real. I'm not ignoring that. I'm not disregarding that, but that's not true because at the end of the day, we're all body bags. We're all going to end up in the ground and no one will like we aren't a good person because we're attractive no one's gonna remember wow that person was so hot but I don't really care about anything else about them it's like the way that we treat people the way that we make other people feel and the way that we feel about ourselves is what is ultimately the judgment of our character and you don't have to be the hottest person to find love you don't have to be the skinniest person the prettiest person to have friends like I have a couple friends that I wouldn't say that they're particularly attractive but their level of confidence just radiates and they become that much more attractive and I'm just like fuck yes like I strive to be that secure of myself and to just be so like self-assured that I'm so proud of who I am and I don't give two fucks about what other people think that is what is sexy sexiness comes from the inside it comes from taking care of ourselves it comes from being healthy and it comes from being a kind good person so just have to remind ourselves of that and if positive affirmations help if yoga helps find what helps you and makes you feel grounded and present in your body and learn to nurture yourself and care for yourself and just be a little more kind to yourself today stop insulting yourself and accept the damn compliment all right <laughs> that's what I have to say about that and I hope that you enjoyed this episode thank you so much for listening you can like rate subscribe share with a friend that you think needs to hear this and you can also reach out to me on instagram at lauren m coletti I'm not sure if this is going to be my last episode before my vacation so if I am off the grid for a couple weeks that's why it's not that I don't care about y'all I love y'all so much but I'm just going to Europe and hopefully I'm going to have a bomb ass time and my throat's going to be healed and it's going to be amazing. I'm manifesting it. All right, everyone, enjoy the rest of your weekend and I'll talk to you in the next episode.